Broadcasting from Ireland, featuring interviews with some of the biggest names in magic, welcome to the Deceive Reality Podcast with your hosts, David Peace and Steve Spade. And we're back. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Deceive Reality Podcast. My name is David Peace and Steve Spade is here. Steve, how are you doing? Good, guys. How are you? Great. So we have a very special guest this week. We have Alexander Marsh, as the magic community knows him. Alex, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. How are you guys? Doing really well. Thanks so much for being here. So I, I guess we'll start off with the, the the age-old question of how did you get into this weird magic world? And also kind of why did mentalism seem to be the place that you found your niche or your love? Um, so I got into magic. Like when I was really young, I was kind of <clears throat> into magic. Like Paul Daniels was on TV all the time for some reason in the 90s. And uh, like I had a Paul Daniels magic kit, I had a book on magic. I even had a book on ventriloquism, all sorts of stuff. I was an only child, so I, you know, I was sort of left to amuse myself. But uh, I remember when David Blaine came on the scene, I suddenly learned, you know, things with loops and <laughs> the ambitious card, which back then I called Fruit Loops, because he does it on a guy who signs his name as Fruit Loops. I thought <laughs> the Fruit Loops trip, you know, the Fruit Loops trip, yeah, the Fruit Loops, Fruit Loops trip. <clears throat> but uh, um, I got into mentalism specifically, like it was like most mentalists of about my age, because I saw Darren Brown on TV, you know, like a late night repeat before he was Darren Brown, long before he'd done Russian roulette, he just maybe made two specials, Mind Control. And uh, it was just like a late night repeat on E4. And I watched it and went, wow, this is, this is great. And then I was sort of into memory tricks at the time as well. I had a book on, on learning memory mnemonics and that sort of stuff and it recommended some books and some were magic books like harry lorraine and stuff and then i sort of saw like oh this is a thing mentalism's a thing i quite like the look of that so you know and then you start performing it and you get bitten by the bug don't you and you get those reactions yeah. you're like oh <laughs> i could do more of this <laughs> yeah it's very similar to me like because i started off with the david blaine special going oh my god like i'm gonna take magic more seriously i love this and it's like doing like my david blaine impression and then you see Darren Brown. And it's like, I'm going to do my Darren Brown impression from now on yeah, yeah. for a bit. I'm going to stop wearing a t-shirt yourself. and jeans. I'm going to wear a three-piece suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> trim, trim my beard. Yeah. yeah. yeah There's absolutely. so much of that. Yeah. I, I, sales of tweed must have gone through the roof when Darren became popular. <laughs> fob watches. Yeah. Yeah. Fob yeah. watches. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you said performing then and like getting out there, were you always creating your own stuff or where did that whole like creating magic and releasing magic come into your career? Um, I re like I released a book a long time ago, maybe 2008 or something like that. Just of some original, original ideas. <clears throat> but creating stuff, when I first started performing, it was other people's things. It was stuff from, it was Richard Osland's from his DVD set that he did with LL and Banachek's one and stuff like that. Bob Casty stuff. I was a big fan of Bob Casty's work. And even now, I'm like, I'm a billet guy. So I do my own versions of envelope test or name place. I have my own spins on those. But uh, in terms of creating my own stuff, I guess I didn't like a lot of stuff. I sort of read a routine and go, that sounds amazing. And then you look at the method and go like, oh, that's rubbish. <laughs> so I had to try and like, I like that effect. So how do I get to that? So I guess it's that influence of Darren where he had this whole thing. I'm sure we've all read them, you know, pure effect and stuff where it's, um, what does he call it? Invisible compromise. There's always yeah. a compromise between your, what you want to be able to do, like just think of any name, boom, I'll tell you what it is. There's gonna be a compromise in between. So pick the one that's just the cleanest or the neatest. 
I don't necessarily agree with the invisible compromise, but just like if it's logical for someone to write something down or pick something, then you know, make it part of the process. So yeah, I've always been sort of a creative person. Like I, I studied art and design and that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's just a fr creating my own stuff or methods and or routines is just a frustration of like not liking what was out there and thinking like, oh, it'd be better if it was like this or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting when you look at that. Like, that you don't like the method, you want to go like your own way. Because it is that time sometimes you see the trailer or the description, you're like, oh, this is a miracle, and then you get the the magnet and bit of string, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Or it's like, also, oh. As a, also, as a working performer now, when I start watching the instructions coming, and it's like, do this, do this, do that, fold this, do this. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm doing this before every performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, you, 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 you don't want it. You, you want everything to be like quick, easy to get in of, easy to get out of, just get it to work yeah, exactly. every time. I want to like... reach into my pocket and that routine's here. I want to reach in here, that routine's here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think it's really interesting when you're working on stuff like that because some of the stuff that you, you've released that I, I use, like Forgotten Princess, I think it's, mm. it's always, I always have it in my wallet because I think it's, I, I remember I saw from Steve about it recently and I was like, it's one of the tricks that gets such a strange reaction. Because it's like yeah, I love it because people it's not don't a wow. know what's going on. It's yeah, confusion, yeah. Just like, but a good type. Yeah, and it's that. It's that. I always describe it like this. I think in like the the penguin lecture and also that you get this reaction. They're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. It's like <laughs> you get those three beats from the from the spectator. It becomes like it becomes that thing when someone's. Do you like do you remember talking about Darren again? But do you remember when he did that Invisible Man bit on his TV show where he hypnotized this guy so he can't see him? And he does the whole bandage thing. So it's very theatrical. It looks amazing. But we're not experiencing that. We don't, we can see Darren, but we're experiencing it through the spectator, which is kind of what Blaine did, wasn't it? Like put the camera yeah. on the spectator and see their reactions. And I like the Forgotten Princess because it's all about this experience this one person's having. Everyone else sort of gets to enjoy it through their ah, ah, faces. Yeah. But that's yeah. again that thing of frustration of like, I liked the, the method for. Uh, the Princess card trick is like, I love it because it's, it's a genuine psychological trick. It works on psychology, mostly. Uh, and it's just this throwaway trick that everyone had on their website for years. I just thought there's got to be a way to reframe this so it it is as good as it could be. And like uh, add a number pad. Like I don't like add a number tricks, even if they're on a, on a cell phone or a mobile phone. Mm. But so there's got to be a better thing that we can do with them. I mean, everyone's doing the today's date thing with a with the old yeah, toxic, yeah. but I can add a number pad, can switch a piece of paper for another bit of paper. So there's sort of be like a dozen things that could potentially be done with that other than, oh, look, I've predicted the total. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite moment in the like the Forgotten Princess trick is when you're like, people who kind of know the trick, but they might've seen it before, when you put the mm. card back and it's still gone, and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's like yeah, the, best, exactly. it's the best reaction you can get to us. So, so, yeah, that's so that second when they're like, <laughs> yeah, we were we were up at the um, the pendulum summit there recently, and and Dave had it in the wallet, and, and it came out, and he was he was showing it to somebody, and I was just watching. I was like, oh, it's that one. I, I thought it was the like the original, we'll say handling. And then when he put it back in, you could just see the look of confusion on their face. It was like yeah. they, they didn't know what day of the week it was. It was just that, <laughs> like you said, that blankness. It's great. It is. Yeah, it's kind of like it's not a magician fool. It's a magician. Oh, I know. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I just saw uh, it's in Harry. You know Harry Anderson, Harry the Hat. You know the American performer. He passed away now. He used to needle through your arm and stuff. He had a bit on his lecture I saw where he's doing the twenty-one card trick, but he messes it up on purpose because when you do something and then you put it down, 
you know their card is 18 from the top or something like that so he starts yeah. doing it and then getting it wrong and all the magicians like he's getting it wrong and he goes like <laughs> oh i've messed this up i'll just read your mind and he does it but because he knows the location of the card he knows exactly what it is now oh it's, so it's good. just that messy with people it's always fun <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is a thing where you can really like freak someone out with using like a, a method of doing a trick that they think they know and then switching it up at the last second into like going somewhere completely different is like it's it's, it's a, such an interesting concept of a routine yeah yeah that's kind of the fun it's always the fun of magic is sort of leading someone down a garden path and then going haha we're not actually here we're there yeah Wait till like starting off with like in the Blaine stuff. Did you still perform like even casually, just regular magic, ambitious routine or Fruit Loops type tricks? Like you just <laughs> completely away. I've only ever uh, performed mentalism. I've never performed magic. I have sort of casually done it, I guess, with friends. Actually, when I did, I used to do quite a few weddings and stuff, you know, as a walk around performer. Always mentalism, but kids always follow you around, don't they? Yeah. And a friend of mine gave me a great tip, which was like, what you should do is just gather all the kids and say, like, if I show you something now, I promise not to keep following me around. Is that good? And then I do ambitious card. I just keep doing it. Card in the mouth. Watch it jump to the top. All of those things. They'd be happy. They'd be blown away. Their parents would be happy because they've, they've been left alone for 10 minutes at a wedding. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so I think I've only ever done ambitious card a little bit or just for fun. Like I tour with um, Champions of Magic and sometimes we bring in new... Um, crew members and stuff and they normally don't really know much about magic so slowly they start to work stuff out and it's kind of fun on the bus or you know when you're you're backstage just to show them some random bits that you you know or you do or you have in your wallet or whatever yeah yeah definitely i, I think that's interesting when you can like pull out a trick for people who have watched the show every day and then you pull out something yeah. else that can really like throw them off and make them feel that they actually don't know what's happening i remember steve you you talked about that with a, a staff at a venue where you like you're performing lap then you hit the waitress or something that's like completely from left field yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and even even um we had eric ross on and he was talking about that that he does his freak show magic but then later on he'll just do some some random close-up stuff just to freak people out just just because yeah. you know that's kind of cool it's always nice to do that i mean I would, I would imagine if you had met any of the big performers of the day off stage you'd expect them to have something that they could perform close up in a sense yeah it'd probably be something they just like doing for fun rather than yeah if it's the, the show or their their style or whatever yeah yeah jeff mcbride said he always carries a, a biting quarter or whatever and he calls it his lunch money or, or whatever and he bites it and spits it back on and uh, apparently gotcha. that's, that's his pocket trick type thing that if you catch him on the hop that's what he's going to show you yeah, and Houdini was the king of carrots. You could just see him backstage, probably like messing with a deck of carrots and then going out and jumping into a water. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back farming away as, as he yeah, goes, yeah. just, just producing it. cards and then going, get that, get that if, milk jug. <laughs> if only he was able to get a plastic deck back then, a waterproof deck, what would he have created? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been it would have been mad. But when you said that you're touring with the the Champions of Magic. What what's that like like performing on like those bigger stages and doing do you do the same set every night or do you like mixing it up for yourself? Um, it's it's the same set every night, but it's sort of changed over the over the years. Bits come in, bits come out, <clears throat> but uh, it's mostly the same set. But because what I'm doing uh, is is mind reading, I'm the mentalist in the show. Then it kind of always it's always slightly different for me. Like I do a Q and A in the show, so that's kind of kind of a bit of improv for me. Like mm. I. I get the information and I just sort of jazz around it and have fun with it. And my 
I don't take myself too seriously, so I kind of have to make the audience laugh. We have fun. I make quips and that sort of stuff. So it's always fun. It keeps it fresh. Whereas I, I can only imagine just sort of doing the same, you know, pointing. Or the, like, this isn't, isn't really a manip act in the show, but it's just all the moves are the same every, like a robot every show. That's getting a bit dull, I imagine, but I haven't had that experience. <laughs> yeah, it is the nice thing with mentalism is there is a lot of improv in it. Uh, like, even mm. with some magic where you're bringing someone up on stage, you don't know what they're going to say. Like with Steve doing the smash and stab or the over the head, like you don't know what, what sort of character you can get up on the stage is going to change the show completely. 100%. Exactly, yeah. It's one of those yeah. things where if you've got like a good a good solid script, you just do the solid script if it's just kind of the audience isn't really with you or whatever. But if you get a if you get a fun person, then you just let that you just let that run and that becomes the show for that that particular uh, that particular night. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. If you if you if you're the right person, it can change the whole dynamic of, of everything you're doing. You know, from right from the start. And and, and it, like you said as well, you know, you're going to try to hold on to them for as long as you can do because like. The, the audience love them. They they love being on stage. This is all working really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of sometimes it's great, especially if you can keep referring back to that person, you know, throughout the show. Like it becomes a naturally occurring callback. Because also, what's great about live entertainment is that the audience should know and feel like this is happening for us right now. And they might do another show tomorrow, but it won't be the same. It's that sort of mm-hmm. you want that that feeling, that vibe in the room where they just like, oh, this any other night we wouldn't have seen that. It was that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Those things of like, oh, I wasn't going to do this, but I'll do it anyway. Moment that you say every time, and then go into it from there. Yeah, like, time, oh, yeah. You're Still special. Brand I think you. gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really just gonna give it a go. It's it's not something I usually don't do this, but you're such a good crowd. I'm gonna do a Q and A act, <laughs> and then just go yeah, into it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always find is as well like with those sort of things that like you do get a bit of a panic when you come from magic into mentalism of the like the peak or the billet work of mm. what if I can't read it? What if it's ridiculous? <laughs> what if I don't know what's going on? And it's like, because I, I do think like, even for myself, I found when I was beginning going into it that I just, I'd force every time to avoid the peak, just well, out yeah. of the fear of the peak going wrong. I'm like, I'll just force it. I was like, it'll be fine. <laughs> well, I did that same thing when I first wanted to do a Q&A or something that felt like a Q&A. I just used a, uh, an OM box, a switching box, and uh, just forced the whole thing. So like, you're going to read someone else's, that way you don't think I've got information on people in the room. But then I just knew the beats and reveals, and I could just practice doing that without having to worry about like the information being fresh and new to me. But yeah, you're right. That is that kind of hurdle of, like I've had with billet work or any kind of work, I just, I've had everything go wrong. You know, not only is it unreadable, it's not in the right place and they've written on the back of it or like they've not done anything or they've written their own name. Like, it's just like, oh, no, you just and then you you could only come up with a solution when you have to, because the conclusion of the trick <laughs> means you have to come up with something on the spot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, under it's pressure is the only way you can do it, but that makes it scary. <laughs> yeah, I actually learned a center tear in real time because I was going to do Acidus Novus but they didn't write in the right they wrote in the middle they just wrote it in the middle yeah yeah so I learned how to do a center tear right in front of them and just like <laughs> I, I literally like unfolded the center of my palm and did oh this is tough okay thank yeah. you and now well, I know what it is in, even in 13 steps it suggests as one of the ways to to peak the center is go <coughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's revolting. Did my cough? No, I'm good. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's good, no yeah. mucus here. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, 
it, it was probably anyway. it was probably back in the olden times where everyone had like pleurisy or something. <laughs> <Rich>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can continue the show. I'm not going to die anything. Too <laughs> not during COVID. That, that That's true. Yeah. There, there was a peak in, in um, 13 Steps actually you threw a glass where you like cup a, a wine glass and you get the peak yes. through the glass. That was pretty cool. I remember I seeing that. Often, uh, I'm not sure if it's in 13 Steps. It might be in something where it's like through a crystal ball. You steal it and yeah. have a crystal ball yeah. and look. You got that. Very cool. Just be careful you don't know, liquid well. in the glass because then everything will be backwards. <laughs> be it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you red wine, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my glass of coke and damn it, I can't read anything. Yeah, up to the next bit. But yeah, it, it is one of those worries that's always like the justification of having the person write it like clearly on the guard is always mm. something that people talk about. Like one of the things I always like is going, I want you to write it clearly in block after letters. I'll explain why in a minute. And then when I have them think of the word, I say, I want you to think about it, Jonah. Um, a sing-along cartoon with the ball bounces from word to word. I want you to imagine that happening from letter to letter. And like those sort of things, because you justify now them writing in block after letters because you're mm. having a ball bounce from letter to letter and stuff like that. Do you use any of those sort of techniques to try to like encourage people to write clearly? So uh, sometimes just being direct is to say, like, please write clearly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I have like a, I always think, I always try to not think of it as justifying it like try to think of it as motivating it because then that just reframes the way you think about it because like uh like there's a lot of mentalists i've heard especially a few years ago would say like i'm getting you to write this down because and no one's asked them why you're getting to write yeah. it down they're kind of over justifying it because it'll put it in your memory better or whatever <clears throat> i tend to just say uh, i'm getting you to write it down because in case we need some proof later on makes sense it doesn't really work with a center but i don't tend to do a center unless i unless it fits mm. um I, I kind of make up a reason on the spot if i'm in the sh in a big show and we have a camera moving around uh right nice and clear just in case we need to show the camera later so everyone can see but make sure the camera doesn't see right now and blah 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 right i just say you're going to write this down nice and clearly right here and fold it back up when you're finished and often if i've pre-written instructions i'll put those in capital letters or i've written very neatly However, I find with words and names that if uh, it's not all in capital letters, it's easier to read quickly. So it's a bit like um, uh, street signs or motorway signs. Uh, I think in America, in some places, they're all in block capital letters. They're quite difficult to read. But here in the UK, we have them as um, a capital letter at the start and then lowercase because you sort of remember the shape of a word. You don't really read the word house or whatever. You just see capital h-o-u-s you just remember the shape of the word so if you're glancing it quickly uh it means you just recognize the shape especially with names and you come up with a stumbling block if it's a name you're not you know familiar with like i've had like you know siobhan spelled to be Anne, or <laughs> i've had a couple of sashes but luckily sasha ronan it's very famous so i was like <laughs> i don't know no. but uh yeah you just get you just sort of get used to it, but um, make sure they write clearly. Yeah, just kind of being direct, but putting it within the bub, surrounding it by other information. So you're going to write yeah. here, make sure you write nice and clearly, and when you're done, fold it up. It's that sort of Kentonepa, Wonder Word stuff where you say instruction and next thing, and knowing that most people only remember the last thing, but this person knows to write clearly. I think it's really good advice to have like the capital and the small because yeah, because you do like it's like those puzzles where the word the letters are mixed up in the middle, but you can still read it because the shape to start in the beginning yes, is exactly right. that and all, exactly all those that. sort of things that that really help. 
because I, I think it is one of those things where I with the names where it's like foreign languages and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, know I was performing in a comedy club and there was a uh, a meetup group of uh, pe- people from across Europe who were li- all living to co- in Cork. So I came in there. I was a uh, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, and German people. And I was just like, I'm going to oh, go back to forcing. Forcing works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get any names and written down here. It'll be fine. A good get out of that is like a get them to think of a, a celebrity, a famous person. And clarify, you mean incredibly famous. So everyone in the world would know who this person is. And not a sports person because I don't follow sports or something like that. So therefore, when you see that name and it's just a squiggle, like I've done it with like electronic gizmos as well. And they don't, well, h- hardly ever they work perfectly. You never go like, wow, that is crystal clear what I've got there. You've got like something. <laughs> and it being a celebrity or a place name, like a country or a town or a city, because you, because that sort of narrowed the list in your mind, but it's still a huge list. You, It means you can look at it and go, I think that's that. But um yeah, I'd say that's a good tip is just, yeah, but the, the the foreign names or names you're not used to, like in the UK, it would be more Christian names we would know them as. So if, if you see a Christopher, got it straight away, Richard, James, Tom, all these sorts of things, but names become slightly different. Uh, like working in America as well, we travel around so much in different states, you know, there's, and there's fairly unique spellings of names in America. Mm. And it's just, it almost becomes like, if you have a, get a word or a name that is difficult to just quickly glance or read try and steal it away and have it so you can keep looking at it or just kind of take a mental snapshot of it uh, and then it becomes like a drawing duplication you just copy the shape that you see and sometimes doing that you'd be like i i'm writing okay i'm writing the name michael i got it michael yeah, yeah. this and name has become a drawing duplication yeah it'll be fine you'll get the letter in the end I, I always think it's funny when we, we were talking about this as well recently. But um, when you see a mentalist and they when they bring somebody up on stage, they ask them their name, and then it kind of defeats the whole purpose. I'm <laughs> just like that could have well, been I, the act, you know? <laughs> yeah, it could have been. And sometimes, like in a Q and A, I I guess people's names, but I'm always delighted mm-hmm. when I get it right. And it's sort of like for some reason it's guessing your name is harder for me. But it's one of those things where it's yeah. like you make you make the as you're the mind you're the expert on the mind reading if you're a mind reader. So you kind of make the rules. And people could argue. You go like, it's not like movies. How silly are these? Or it's like a movie. I could just know what it was. <laughs> There's like a quote from someone. I'm going to misremember this, but it was about vampires. It was this director and his son. His son was writing a, a film about vampires, and he, he's, he was struggling. So he asked his director father, uh, film director father, like, uh, I'm struggling with this. What should I do? And he said, Well, what do we know about vampires? He goes, Well, they can't go out in sunlight. They blood they drink blood they can't go near garlic and his father goes no no, no. we know about vampires is they don't exist so make up whatever you like, <laughs> like oh yeah that's, <laughs> that, that's very good yeah you, you, you want to have it i'd always be like just the first thing that came into my head is like you never think your own name so that's fine i'm, I'm that's not true. sitting here thinking i am david that is who i am that's <laughs> just my uh, constant exactly, internal exactly, monologue exactly, exactly. <laughs> written on the back of your hand you're like hey, I'm David yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good Alex <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where people are like okay I'm thinking of something tell me what it is and it's like it's not how it works Yeah. <laughs> how does it work I need you to write it down so I can speak <laughs> yeah. that's how it works yeah you kind of need to sort of socially engineer it into a point at which it doesn't feel weird that now you have to write it down 
Yeah, I, I think that <laughs> just accuse them of being liars. If oh, I'm, you're going to lie, so I need you to. We need proof for later. Yeah, you're probably going to lie to me. That's that just was who you Cassidy's are. thing, wasn't it? Bob Cassidy's thing was always like, "You're all scum, basically. You're going to make me look <laughs> like an idiot." <laughs> I'm not, not going to take it. With with, with, with that sort of stuff, for people who who would catch you like off stage or something, what would be like your go-to uh, performance? Would it be like a drawing duplication or an, an, a name thing or what? what, what? Uh, Kind of it like would always be every a, day. a drawing dupe, yeah, a drawing duplication because it's automatically justified why, or motivated, why they have to draw it because it's a drawing duplication. Mm-hmm. And I sort of have a, a spin on it that especially works especially especially well for casually, which is I asked them to think of something they could picture in the head, maybe even draw it, something simple that could be drawn. And they don't draw anything, they just think of it. And I make a, an attempt, and the attempt that I make is the universal drawing, you know, from... Mm. Magic psychological subtleties one. I just sort of squiggle it. I'm like, I'm not really sure this is. Does this look familiar? And there, a few things happen. They could be like, Oh my god, yes, that looks really like it. What have I drawn? Oh, I've drawn an ice cream cone, which is the best one, really. I'll be like, Oh, I see what I've done there. Or if they go like, mm, Not really. I said, Okay. So I'm going to you to draw it. It's not like I'm saying like your imagination is so bad you have to draw it. Like, <laughs> maybe it'll help me if you draw it. So you draw it for me, and when you're done, we'll put it back in my wallet. I'll take a card out. And now, somehow, I can just immediately duplicate it perfectly. <laughs> What's especially nice is if I have my original sort of universal drawing, I sort of change the drawing slightly. Like, I like, I think this might be, maybe this is like a hat. Oh, yeah, you've drawn like a wizard. Or you change it to whatever it might be. But, yeah, it's always a drawing duplication because it just sort of makes sense. So I go, like, have you got um, got a pen? Actually, yeah, draw on this for me. Something simple, blah, 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 blah. And it's a little keepsake. If someone's come up to me after a performance, it could be because they want to book me or it could just be, you know, they might post about it on social media, so it's worth having something they can hold next to each other. Like, it's always terrible, and there's, there's photos of me in the press where they're, hold, they're holding a billet and an envelope, I'm pointing, it's like, this doesn't look interesting or exciting, does it? <laughs> yeah. It's not as exciting as Steve showing up to his press with, like, chains and handcuffs and, like, <laughs> yeah. a, a big box. <laughs> That's the photo you want. Like, whenever we have Champions of Magic, when we have a photographer in or videographer, there's not many photos or clips of me. It's the bit when someone's got their hands on my eyes like this. That's always the photo that's there. There's me going like this, and then that's it. Whereas they want to take photos of the escapologist or the illusionists. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the human the human blindfold. Uh, that picture is pretty cool. Yes, yeah, enjoy that. I just got the human blindfold to sort of motivate why on earth I've brought this person up. But yeah, it is good, and some people really. Push hard in your eyeballs. I don't recommend it. <laughs> You're like, ow. <laughs> that's, that's, how do you spell gouge? <laughs> <laughs> I actually a uh, blindfold routine in my last show that I did, uh, just like before the pandemic. I did use the see through psychometry that you presented in the download. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I was so happy that. when I stumbled across that in, in Syzygy. <laughs> I was like, this isn't, why have I never heard of this before? I, I, I did that routine, I'm so good. What I love about it is that you can do like 50% of the routine up genuinely blindfolded, which is great. Yeah. And then it was the second half of the routine is when I realized I have a massive degradation in one of my eyes. And it was the eye I was trying to do stuff with. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I was looking at it, I was like, I was like, okay, so it's four objects. No idea what three of them are. Pretty sure the fourth one's a hairband, so I'll leave right. that one to the last. <laughs> I'll go from there, and I was like, Please, I was just like, It was just a blurry mess, and I was like, I think I should get my eyes tested. So that's 
in the recording of that performance, all the objects are rubbish, I remember. Someone's like, <laughs> some tobacco, a piece of chewing gum. There was, uh, at least one of them was a compact mirror thing. I could sort of, I think it was a butterfly on it or something. That was good. But just when I looked, went, what a piece of gum. <laughs> oh, another 10 minutes of this. <laughs> When you were saying that your you um your eye was sore like that, Dave, I was I just visioned you like with an eye patch on stage, and then you just bandaging up one eye <laughs> as your blindfold. <laughs> I should literally tell people I'm pretty much blind in my right eye anyway, so I'm just going to blindfold my left eye. Trust me, I can't be out of this one anyway. It's fine. I've got a doctor's note. <laughs> yeah, that that should be enough for people. But I think I do think that can be a nice image as well. Like if you use like medical band gauze around your eyes or something mm. to make the blindfold is like it's one of those only images as the mentalist that you can get of looking kind of like that the Darren look he had when he was in the Oracle Act of that bandage yes. around the head. It is quite a creepy image that you can have on stage. That's true as well. And also I think I tried to I I have done it once or twice, the tape, you know, they're doing all the tape and stuff. But it's such, such a cliche thing mm. now, I think if there are so many mentalists and especially people in the um entertainment booking world have all seen that mentalists do that. So I assume they all think that maybe there's some sort of special tape you can see through or something. Yeah, like yeah. they might think that by now. <laughs> yeah, you you can never get it because I, I think it's one of those things where I was doing um Hook by Eric Ross with the fish hook at the mm. mountain, the thing. So I bought out a first aid kit for that. <laughs> like after the first person, they pulled the first string. I went and got a first aid kit and put it on the table. And then I was able to just use the gauze for the blindfold. So it looks justified and stuff as well. Nice. Which is nice. But it is that, um, it, it is one of those routines that's just like, I love to see you like commentary because it is one of those things. The men is just brilliant. <laughs> it's like, I was the, the best way of doing it at any time. Yeah. It's and also, like, it would apply to. Like you could do it with envelopes as well. I'm sure it's been written somewhere with envelopes. I was just like, oh, yeah, of course. It's... You can't see. There's other ways to do stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> and what's bizarre in Syzygy, it doesn't mention that you could also do the classic you know, object routine and I and describe one at the end, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that means I get to add my own little improvement on it. Yeah. But it's one of those things. And it's just, yeah, I remember reading it and it's kind of like, oh, also one of those things where you can if your bags don't show up or you are on a tight spot, you can just go buy some of those bags. They sell them in every Tesco Metro or whatever. Yeah. You can just buy them and then visit the it's, it's good to, for no reason. And then if you, go if you can pull together, if you can pull together your act from a Tesco or a hardware shop, I think you can, you can genuinely travel the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And if you've got any special gizmos, you just keep them in your pockets when you go through <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, I have a show coming up, a, a big mentalist show coming up. I really need to go to Eason's and get some envelopes and cards and paper. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's the weirdest thing anytime you go like, go to like a bookshop and I'm like, screw the books, where are the envelopes? <laughs> it's like the weirdest. Is this the weirdest? As a performer, I always find when we go into like Eason's, it's weird because we're looking at stuff weird or like any sort of stationery store. Or then when we go look at suits, it's like I was looking at new suits the other day and I was like, there's only two inside jacket pockets. That's not enough. I need That's at least the, third one. the little one down here as well. Yeah. yeah. I need that one. It's the like, it's like, oh, that suit looks so good. Like, yeah, no pockets. Sorry. Put it back. Yeah. After the next. <laughs> it's like I, for my, um, for a billet routine I do, I keep one of them in my uh, waistcoat left pocket, waistcoat right pocket. And then I wore a different waistcoat for a show and it doesn't have the pockets there. And I was just like, this feels like, it feels like I've lost a limb. <laughs> yeah. It's like so much of like ditching or doing stuff goes yeah. there. I'm like, whoa, I don't like it. 
Yeah, I'm like, my waistcoat is like business cards in one, wave in the other, ready to go at any moment. I can just reach into them. And I, I was like, yeah, looking at waistcoats, I didn't have pockets. I was just like, what is this? Like, how am I meant to? Pocket management got, is everything. I got a, a jacket uh, uh, sort of fixed. It was slightly torn. I mean, it, the, the, the woman relined it on the inside. Um, she said, oh, I noticed that the uh, breast pocket had a hole in, so I sewed it up for you. Like, ah. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna cut that because that was there also a bit of fabric. She said, "Yeah, I don't know what that was." It's like, "Yeah, uh, I need that." Yeah, <laughs> a shoot went from my breast pocket down to my left jacket pocket. I was like, "Ah, yeah, that's oh, okay. <laughs> brilliant." I'm imagining it didn't tell you, and you go out on stage, and it's like, "Oh, what the?" Yeah. <laughs> and then this, this medallion in my pocket, oh, okay. in the lining of my coat. <laughs> <laughs> This medallion has vanished. Ta-da. Thanks so much. Um, That'll be a great Karan's medallion where you got to cut the lining out of your coat. You got to get somebody up with the tweezers to take it out of your lining. It's a whole thing. It could work well. It's a real like, I always thought it'd be a funny idea if, you know, the uh, master prediction system, the Malloy chest, if you're ever doing a show for, for magicians, you set it all up and then instead of flying the box up in the air, you just fly the table up in here. <laughs> the magicians will be like, oh, oh, oh yeah, he's, he's screwed now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, one of the products that uh, I, I got from you as well, this is just like me telling you how much I love your products. Uh, <laughs> one of the, uh, is the 1914, The Art of Stagecraft, which I thought was just oh, like yeah. one, it's such a good idea to have. There's something that's really missing. And like the, the area that I was watching the most was like, microphone handling because it's one of the things that anytime you see a magician on stage and it's a handheld microphone you know something's going to go wrong because yes, it's just like spectator you come here you're my mic stand thanks so much yeah. or like in the elbow and all that sort of stuff well how did that whole project come together as a as an idea oh so well um i'm good friends with uh d christopher who's sort of one one half of the the two that set up jack uh and D set up in the nineteen fourteen and relaunched it again recently. But uh, you were chatting with D, and he said, "What stuff have we got? What stuff do you want to release with us?" And I said, "I'm trying to work on this book of um, sort of performance tips and my knowledge of performing because there's not much of that out there, and also doing PR as well. That was one whole chunk. And it's because during lockdown, I did one of Luca Volpe's um, lectures. He was doing these lectures through this Facebook group, yeah. Luca Volpe." And um, I have to say it like that. I was trapped. I had to get out. And uh, and he, I sort of saw that I was sort of maybe the tenth or fifteenth person to do it. So I was like everything's going to have been covered. And like Mark Paul did one recently. Like he's going to have done all the other good mentors and stuff. So what can I talk about that maybe uh, I'm an expert in, so to speak? Which would be like I guess performing on stage, stagecraft, because I've done so much of it with champions. We've done hundreds of shows. I have a lot of flight time when it comes to being a stage performer so I just sort of wrote some notes for that and then I started to try to write into a book and it's just sort of torturous to write it's sort of like <laughs> lay a plan out and I start waffling and I start oh I just, I've lost all the energy to do this now so D said oh we should do it like a masterclass then like the you know the masterclass.com stuff I was like, oh yeah let's do that and then I think that the plan is they want to do more the art of the art of things and I know they're in talks with various people to do other stuff but uh, yeah, we just plotted out as this this masterclass style video. So there's sort of chunk sections, chunks of video about certain topics and subjects. And um, <clears throat> there's also a bit about close up because I had a little essay or a little 
ideas about structuring close up and and how to make your uh, props do more for you that's in there as well but I, I enjoyed it actually we filmed it twice actually we filmed it once in <laughs> Dee's little studio which is just like a, a photography studio but kind of closed off to be filmed in and then uh Jack who's like a proper director like has directed short films and won awards for them was like editing it and it's just like it just doesn't look like it doesn't look like masterclass if you, if you ever watch any masterclass things they all look gorgeous like they have a beautiful location and there's all these graphics and stuff so he, he said we should shoot this in a theater and i said oh i know people who own some theaters here in, in norwich where i live so we just and it was still locked down so they weren't busy <laughs> <laughs> so i made a couple of calls and we just went to this nice beautiful little theater it's got this uh, raised uh, this riser of seats in a, in a red velvet it's like how all theaters should look and we just reshot the whole thing there. <laughs> I did it twice. <laughs> and, and then I'm, I'm showing you what doing it the second time is like, it's not as good as the first. <laughs> I said it better the first time. I was genuinely worried about like, there was a couple of, I was like, I said something like really well the last time we did this. Can I nail it again? Because it's sort of me with a topic heading just sort of waxing lyrical for a moment about some bits. But um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. People have sort of who have seen it mentioned different things to me. I'm glad you mentioned the microphone technique thing because yeah. that is something like i hate having to use a handheld but i realized i used to a lot of cabaret and, and burlesque shows it's like a variety spot and uh it's only ever going to be a handheld on a stand so you just have to relearn a routine or design redesign a routine around the fact that only one of your hands is going to be free or you're going to have to be like with a microphone stand here and how you're going to operate around it and i realized get a microphone on a stand and then practice there's no other way to do it <laughs> Yeah, I literally went and bought a microphone and stand afterwards because it's even the directionalness of the microphone. You try talking mm. to the side of it and it just cuts out if it's not the right mic or all yeah. that sort of stuff. It can be it can be an absolute pain because you see people. I used to go to the comedy clubs before and I just put the microphone stand away and talk loudly. <laughs> that was like my way yeah. of getting around. Me it. too. It's yeah, like, it's very tough. And if it's if it's a wide room, then that's not going to work either like if it's a small box little tiny thing like if it's a if it's basically a parlor show but it's a bit bit you can just shout and they'll hear you but if it's a wide room people won't hear you over here it's yeah it's yeah see so you perform on stage and and you see them you know like their mic technique or how they address the audience whatever you can tell how long they've been doing it just by seeing their initial walk on stage Yes, absolutely. That's a thing in the comedy world, isn't it? They're like good mm. mic technique and stuff like that. And using the mic and like comedians use the mic as like a, a prop. I do like a handheld because it means you can control the volume of your voice. Whereas if the mic's here, it's only ever going to be at a certain volume. I can yeah. your face. So like if you hold it away and shout, that's funny because it sounds quieter now, but you're shouting or you can whisper directly into it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you, even, even when I do that, that version of the smash and stab or whatever, I always have the, the mic, but then I use an extra mic on the table to make more noise. So when I pop a yeah. cup, the mic is on the table. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's loads of little tricks and, and things you can do extra when you've got a handheld mic. 100%. That's true. I also had a hypnotist tell me once that he likes a handheld mic because uh, you can sort of talk to the punter and then you can help reinforce or let's say remind them of the suggestion they've got. <laughs> So when you say to them, what's your name? You can take it away and say, you can't remember. And the audience <laughs> at large don't hear the can't remember bit. But then this person who's been slumped over for a little while, might have forgotten what you told them, can remember now they're not supposed to remember their name. It was a hypnotist, it was a hypnotist in Ireland. He, he was, he's an elderly man now, but, um, but he was one of the top dogs at, at one stage. And, uh, and I still think he does the odd show. And I won't name him, but anyone who's listening knows who I'm talking about. But, um, but, 
But every time he'd have the mic, he always had a pack on his on his on his hip. So he'd lean in and give an instruction, and then you blatantly see him kind of going, "I'm just gonna wind that down." And you could just see him like on his hip, just turning it down. Then he'd say something else, and you could see him just turn it back up really fast. It's he used to be funny as hell. Um, he used to do a lot of comedy, and a lot of the college shows. And I remember seeing him early on, and and he was doing it all the time. It would just be like, and uh, and sleep. No, close your eyes now and go to sleep. And it would just come back out again. It was just, yeah. it was constant. It was so funny. Yeah, it's one of the things I think even with comedians, it's like the putting the mic into the mic stand and taking it out of the mic stand are like the keys. Like how they they take the mic out of the mic stand tells yeah. everyone in the room how they how good they are to begin to begin the show. And also the stand up show, you see, like if you watch, uh, if you ever see it live, or you go sit or you watch um, live at the Apollo, you'll see like when they're doing their closing, this is the my, this is my final routine. It's going to get the big laugh and I say thanks, good night. They go get the stand and put it in front of them. And it's just, we all know that's the cue of like, okay, so this is the end now. People like to be, you like to flag up, this is going to be the end. And like, and, and I like, just like that silent way of doing it because then it doesn't break the rapport because it kind of imagine you kind of have to, like even in like if I corporate show, I do kind of look at my watch, but how long have we got left? Do you want one more? Just to like flag up to the audience, like this is the last one. So if you're not enjoying it, don't worry, it's going to be over soon. <laughs> if you are enjoying it, give me some noise at the end for this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely good to give people tips. P- people that might know are like, oh, thank God, he just got the mic stand. It's nearly over. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're finishing it up for the night. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. But I, yeah, I really encourage you to get that product because people spend like hundreds on a new trick, but it's the actual performance things that we don't <laughs> spend enough time on and maybe like really focus on. So it's definitely a, one of my best things I've up during the pandemic. And I've like... I've got the show coming up now, so I'm going to be rewatching it to learn what to do. And, and it's a good yeah, point nice. as well. If you have a friend that's uh, a com- sorry, if you have a friend that's a comedian or something, though, it is good to talk to other people. In I mean, I find from from touring and doing shows with comedians over the years, you learn by just seeing what you know the way that they're able to audience management. And that's a lot of magicians don't do that. You know, we they go out and they they have the trick down, but they've got no stagecraft or they got no. They got no rapport with the audience, or they can't build rapport, or they don't know how to build rapport. Because because if you win them over early, you can kind of do whatever trick after that. It, it's irrelevant. Yeah, basically, like if they like you, then they'll let you do whatever they whatever you want. Really, I think I say that in the stagecraft download. I think I say like as mentalists, especially not quite the same as magicians, but mentalists or hypnotists, we've got more in common with stand-up comedians than we have with illusionists, despite yeah. the fact that we are illusionists and mentors are in the same bubble of magic like we've got far more in common with the stand-up comedian and also like one of the bits of advice i always give to like newer performers is like don't just only look at magic stuff and mental stuff. watch other stuff watch comedians watch films watch documentaries go see stuff live watch stuff uh, on youtube there's people's stand-up sets on youtube or even like contemporary circus shows watch something else because you'll you'll see what they're doing and you can apply it to your own work but otherwise if you're just copying <clears throat> another magician or how you've seen a magician do it you're just doing it how magicians do it like things like i always think with um uh, snowstorm you know yeah everyone everyone does it like copperfield does it because they're all copying copperfield it's like why are they make why do they make the bits they've torn up wet there's never a reason why they all do it <laughs> but why is it wet if it's for a practical reason like it's easier to palm now or switch but that's never it in fact it would be better if they were just dry because then when you're doing this your expensive stool, they fluff, <laughs> fluff off anyway, and you've got empty hands at the end. So why are they making it wet? Oh, it's because Copperfield's made it wet. 
<laughs> not thought about why they're doing it. They're just like, and then you get a wine glass, and you go like that, and then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, there it goes. <clears throat> why? Why is he wearing tweed? Because Darren wore tweed. That's why we wear tweed. <laughs> and I wear tweed because, like, it just you've got a slightly gingery beard like me. Yeah, it just suits the gingery beard. These autumnal <laughs> colours. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's, it's, it's that it, it, when the ginger beard kicks in, it's like you got you got to get the, the at least wear a waistcoat. You don't have a choice. That's that true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's your character? I've got the beard. That's that, yeah, that's your that's character. Everything's the matching. Yeah, even though uh, and and Darren copied my hairstyle, I had it first, so that's, that's, right, that's, right. that's where it's going. <laughs> Which is uh, the, the way it's going. Do you have any um like new releases or anything new you're working on for people that might be coming out soon? So oh, there was "Thy Will Be Done" came out soon, which again was a, a, another cool. Cause I think the free will mm. principle is is such an interesting routine as well. I think it's a uh, quite nice. Um, well, I forgot anything new coming out. Um. What am I up to next? Like I'm chatting with D. So me and D, Christopher, with as the nineteen fourteen are going to be at Magic Live in Vegas, which is in a couple of weeks, I think. So we uh, nineteen fourteen have our own stamps, I'll be there doing that. But as if for new releases, I've got a couple of like things in the background. I'm trying to like I've released a lot of books and PDFs and stuff, and some of it's crept up into like penguin lectures or whatever, mm-hmm. or you know, other stuff. But I'm kind of thinking of like just compiling them all. And making like a book, like a hardcover book, and people can buy that. Uh, kind of for my own benefit, really. Kind of an ego boost is what it is, really. <laughs> but um, I started to do that and realized, like, oh, this is no one's going to buy this. It's going to be too big, and it's going to be like I've already got this. I bought this already from Penguin for nine ninety nine. Why am I buying it again in a book? So there's more and within video, I can see, I can see you. Doing <laughs> yeah, and the same thing with the stagecrafting. I was writing it as a book, and then I just, and then just doing it as like a. A masterclass style to to camera. It's like, oh, this is much better. I much prefer this. Like I did a in lockdown, I made my own little billet uh, lecture. It's like two hours long, and it's just me in my house occasionally. Like my penguin, my second penguin lecture. The cats interrupt me, but uh, <laughs> uh, oh, there's one. There we go. <laughs> <As if laughs> that was cute. like oh, that was so cute. That was absolutely okay. brilliant. <laughs> uh, the uh, yeah, I was write down some ideas of like here's this is what i've done this with billets and here's a peak and this sort of stuff and i was just like if i just record myself to camera doing it maybe that'll be good and people seem to like it so it's like oh yeah so maybe i'll do more video stuff especially with the 1914 because i love working with them and also uh, their stuff just looks so good like yeah looks the packaging nice. and everything is amazing like yeah. I the uh, the packaging for Iris in front of me here, and it's just like I just keep looking. I'm like, it's so shiny. It's just like it's incredible. Like it's and also all of the packaging looks like Dee's house, just black, yeah. and gold trim, and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the one is because I think one thing with the the die will be done actually is like I think the free will principle is one of those principles that like can have be explored in so many different ways. I think the tower mm-hmm. cards are really an interesting way of doing it because it's one of those routines that I'm like. I love the concept of just like three items and then predicting yeah. who has what and what's where. And it's like it's one of those things that seems so simple, but there's always like the that compromise is always there of the like, now you read it. No, now I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> and when I wrote I, I meant you. And we'll go with that. Yeah, it's true. This is like it's a script now. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Steve Della had a has that nice version there. It's a book page or something will to read that's a really lovely yeah. version but yeah i was just trying i knew i wanted uh, a prediction 
in a tarot card. So the image in the tarot card is the prediction. So I just had to think, I was just trying to think about what it could be. And then it became free will. And then uh, I was just using the tarot card as is. And then then D suggested we get it redrawn to it's these actual three items. And then, and then we added the watch thing and we were like, oh, this is a good bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, like the, the actual little bit becomes the main trick you do then, and you don't do the original. That's true, trick yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. like that. There's like a whole, awesome. there's a whole generation of people who've never heard of that. Like I know of that watch thing from Richard Osterlund, and others. He got it from the original source, which was Bev Bergeron. Bergeron. But yeah, it's one of those things. If you don't know it, then it's like a lot of magicians don't know billet work beyond the center tear, for example, or yeah. or you know something maybe from Carl Fulvers or something like that. So if you do anything that's like if you do any if you do acidus or something like that, it just blows their mind because they just yeah. have never seen something like that before. Yeah, because I love some of the billet work. Like with some of my, I'm actually doing the masterclass in vanishing ink with Mark Paul at the moment. He's got some billet mm. stuff in there. I've got like cramps in my hand trying to do like the movements over and over again. It's like ah, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I think like I won the piece I love actually is Morgan Shepherd's mind invasion peak with the billet. You can get like a full peak of the billet with um. I think another uh, one. Yeah, and it's like it's covered with a mistake as well, which I really like. I think it's a great way of of, of covering up a billet work. But yeah, I think one thing I always find with those sort of free will things as well, where there is a compromise, where it's like, oh, it's a script now. I always think it's nice yeah. to like build them up, have the bad outcome be the one you promote more upfront, and then yes. if you mm -hmm. have this, if, if it goes the right way, it makes more sense anyway. So I always say I have a little prediction. I have a little script here, a prediction. At the very beginning, I call it a script. Yeah. So then later on, it makes more sense because it's nothing worse than being So I have this. And yeah, that was a script, by the way. <laughs> you made yeah. now, it sound, now it looks suspicious. Yeah. It's that, yeah, I, I, exactly. Yeah. It's like paint it red. And then if you're going the ob more obvious way or the way you want it to go that's cleaner, that covers itself up from all the stuff that you've gone. So it's like start going down the bad route first, and it's much easier to come onto the right road than going the other way around. Absolutely, yeah. It's like the thing of like, if you have outs or something, make all the outs kind of the the best outcome, really. So like if you have to go to if you've got outs A, B, and C, make C a really good ending. Make B a really good ending. Make like it's easier said than done, but you kind of. When outs are just like, and written on the side of this pencil, it says you will point at this one, or <laughs> there's something else yeah, in the envelope, or look <laughs> at the envelope. It's like all of these are a bit, yeah. So why not make it something insane? Like this one, it's tattooed on your arm. That waiter over there has it, like something like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like if, 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 if I have multiple out, I always go like, I, I do have a, a tattoo on my arm that's it now. Which is like, it's, I have the Jack of Diamonds tattooed, so I, I use that of it. But I always say uh, in my prediction, it's like, I have a prediction on me. And I was like, what? now when I said on, <laughs> that's like the on crucial me. word here because it's in on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not coming up no matter what you do. Oh, we've like had one, full I debates once... about it. Oh, no, go on. Go on. Oh, I, I once had a thing, it was a complete coincidence, but the, I was predicting using a chalkboard a word that someone mentioned and the word is sunshine and i had recently got a tattoo that was the word sunshine on me and <laughs> nice. I, I it just didn't occur to me though in the moment because <laughs> i was just doing the routine it's a word and i predict it blah 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 I came off stage and my stage the stage manager was like why didn't you mention that it's tattooed on you the word sunshine. I, was like, I would have been good i would have been really good <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant Oh, no, I was just going to say that Dave said full debates about I will be holding the phone 
an hour. Now you read it now. Now I will, and I'll be like, it's an hour later, and I'll be like, Dave, I get it. They're going to read it, or you're going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm like, it's not clear enough though. I need it to be like, it needs to be so clear that they know what's going on. I'm like, because it's the thing is like they expect it to be. That I'm going to read it, and that when I said I, I meant myself as like the natural assumption people make. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to paint it red that they're reading it, and it's yeah. them who's reading it from the beginning. And it's just like, it's one of those things. The free will is one of my obsessions that I'm always like messing with because it's just a, uh, it's, it's not like when you can get something like the, the, that will be done is like so good with the, the tower card and stuff. I really like it. But I just want that, like, it's here's a piece of paper that says, John will be holding yes. the thing. David, like, the magician, the will of, be holding The confabulation style thing where it's a letter. You've written a prediction. Because yeah. <laughs> also, I always thought with, if you do the letter style or the script style version, the classic free will, uh, it, I've always thought you could do it in the way where written on the outside of the envelope is something for them to read. Like you could do it like uh, if you gave it to them at the start of the show and then came back to the end, for example. It could say, I promise not to lose this letter. Or, I'll, or I owe you fifty pounds. It now is justified that if they read it later, it's I and you. Mm. It kind of it makes sense in the bubble, but then it doesn't matter if you then read it later. Yeah, that's you know, because that's the most logical thing is that I wrote this, so I will be holding. Like it makes perfect sense. It was a bit like with the the magician card for the I will be done. Is that as I mentioned just a tiny little bit at the end? It was like uh, I have a particular outcome that I prefer, so therefore I sort of forced that outcome. It's actually. It's not really free uh, free will. It's actually bees a cabaret. Is how I usually do the routine. Yeah. So as I'm covering my eyes, I'm telling them what to do as they pick them up <clears throat> because I prefer it if the magician's holding it. So. Yeah. But yeah, it was that moment of and also yeah, the tarot one is like it has to be that tarot card. It has to kind of be about tarot and about predicting the future. Whereas having a letter means you can do anything now with your show and how you want to do it. Like I'm doing a show tomorrow. And it's kind of a corporatey thing. So I have to get key messages in there. All that boring synergy. Stuff. So <laughs> synergy. And um, but they've got sort of three pillars that they work on. So I'm going to be using those three pillars and predicting which one. Let me guess. The there are three outs. <laughs> <laughs> little bit. Little bit. And uh, one of them will be left on the table. I'll be have. I'll be holding one, and they'll be holding the other. Yeah. But it is one of those methods you just go to and go like. It's almost like a principle. It is the free will principle, but it's like one of those. It's like saying people say an out to number pad. It's like there's other stuff that does actually. It's the switching pad. So don't call yeah, it yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I always find the weird was the out to lunch principle. <laughs> it's just like it's yeah. just gone so weird. It's like why? Like the trick that was like one trick that was done with it. Yeah. So I'm like, can we come up with some sort of like cooler name or something? Like yeah, the, uh... something else. Someone's name or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The maximum new name thing. <laughs> yeah, we would. Someone will release it in five years' time, pretending it's new and it'll get a new name. Yes. <laughs> it's like when um, we people, keep re people keep releasing Jay Sankey's paperclip. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. It's just Jay Sankey's paperclip. And there's a version as well where you don't end clean, which is bizarre, <laughs> but it looks it looks sort of cleaner, but you are incredibly dirty, so to speak, at the end. It's like, just do the original. Yeah. It goes in my pocket. Done. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Stop over complicating it. <laughs> yeah. You just want to walk up to like slap them on the hand. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. It's perfect. Walk away. We finished this trick. We're on to other stuff. 
Stop adding strings and magnets. We don't need it. Absolutely. One of the segments we have on the show is the good, the bad, and the ugly, where we ask your guests to tell a performance of a performance that maybe started off good and then slowly went downhill from there. <laughs> oh. So you mentioned this to me before, and I was like, oh, I've probably got a few stories. <clears throat> There's one, the one that immediately came to mind when you mentioned that was I was on stage this is a long time ago now. I'm doing like a stage show, a little village hall. It's like an early stage show for me. And I was, um, I had my own um, three envelope test, fourth dimensional telepathy. And my particular one I was using had pre printed cards because each person had to write a different thing. It was basically instructions for them. You know, write the name of your first kiss, write the name of your pet, whatever. I was doing the introduction. Uh, to the routine, I reached into my pocket. I was like, oh, not there, not there, not there. Basically, the envelopes are not in my pocket. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've left them in my case, which is upstairs in the dressing room. So I looked at the wings and saw like the stage manager girl there. I said, could you go up to my uh, dressing room? Uh, in my case, you'll see there's, there's some uh, three envelopes there. Could you just bring them down to me? I thought, great, that's all sorted. What I'll do is I'll pick the three people. Threw a thing out, spoke to this person, thank you. You throw it, threw a thing out, this person. You got it, great. Uh, if you guys could make your way to the stage. And as I look to go like, and now I can get the envelopes, it's all so smooth, it's gonna be lovely. And I turn and then there is the stage manager, bless her, holding these enormous sort of A4 envelopes. Envelopes I've never seen before in my life. <laughs> and she's just beaming at me and brings them out and holds them out to me, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Well, I need some really specific envelopes because they're all set up as well for the trick. So why don't you just go get my case? Now these three people are here. I'm like, ah, how's things? Uh, <laughs> I just, I then explain to them, you're going to think of this, you're going to think of this, you're going to think of this. And eventually I just look and there is an, an, some guy, some crew guy, who's just grabbed my whole bag. It's like a suitcase and just plonked it at the side of the stage. I was like, okay. <laughs> I just had to get through. And then I found the envelopes and did it. And after that, I think I blacked out. I don't, I don't really remember. <laughs> but the routine eventually worked. But I could sort of tell from the three people that were on stage, they were looking at me with those eyes of like, what's going on? <laughs> Is this supposed to be happening? But just I remember turning and seeing that woman there holding envelopes. And being like, what are those? I've never seen this before <laughs> in my life. <laughs> are they gimmicks? Please tell me they're gimmicks. <laughs> 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 and like I've also had like I had a I was using this is in Champions as well in Champions of Magic we're using a, a, a prediction uh, using a blackboard but not that one um, and we never had now there was no uh, underarm deodorant involved <laughs> there was no arm deodorant wait oh yeah, yeah sorry no no, no. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, it's different it was the one that Copperfield used for his old uh Date with magician bit. Um, but um, and we never had an out for it, but it could fail. There could be things that could go wrong with it. We just never had an out because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but it had been fine for 200 shows. But we knew, like, I don't know it's gone wrong until like the crew will know before me. So there was always a, a cue to me that it had gone wrong. It should be I get tapped on the shoulder as they're leaving. <laughs> and one, <laughs> and one night I thought, they're taking a bit long to bring the, bring the chalkboard to, you know, downstage. I sort of glanced, you know, vamped for a moment with the, with the punter on stage. And I just felt a, and a, good luck. <laughs> <in my> ear. <laughs> oh, 
And this has been set up like throughout the intermission. They're like, guess the word that's on the board. It's going to be a big thing. And I, again, I can't remember what happened afterwards, but they clapped at the end. So that's all that really matters. <laughs> it's like fully into like uh, autopilot mode. It's like take yeah. over. It becomes, yeah, it becomes a religious experience. Like I just left my body for a moment. It's like Dr. Strange. I got punched out of my own body for a second. And when I came to, everything was happening again. <laughs> you're watching yourself being like god he's good he's really like he's good, he's good this guy <laughs> he's got lots of options so yeah i, I wouldn't have thought of these this is amazing <laughs> and also you were talking before at billets where um i was doing acidus and i was i was in where was i i was in somewhere in europe where they speak a different language but they speak a couple of languages one of which is french could be Belgium, maybe French and German. Yes, yeah, I think that was it. And this, uh, everyone in the audience spoke English, but not necessarily very well. This guy came up and I said, I write down a word, blah, 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 blah. And I went to get my peak, out of this peak. And I was like, oh, literally nothing there. Maybe he's written it in the other part. So just a little flip around, have a little look. <laughs> no, nothing there. <laughs> so I was like, uh, you're going to put it in this envelope. Please check that envelope. Really take a look at it. So he had it with both hands, and I just went behind his back and opened it. <laughs> <laughs> and what he'd done is write on the back and in the middle, the smallest you've ever seen. I think he wrote dog, but tiny. <laughs> and what's annoying about his dog is that I said to him, nothing obvious like cat or dog, but a word, a short word like that. There you go. Nothing obvious like cat or dog. Dog. And I won't write it where he's put a line and an arrow saying to write. I'll turn it over and I'll write dog, and then fold it. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Again, oh, it's that thing of you just in the moment, you're just like, I have to think of something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had someone write on a, a, a car before, got, got the thing, went on, was on stage, was like, boom, 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 John. And he was like, no. I was like, I saw John. And he was like, John is the word I wrote down, but it's not the word I'm thinking of. Oh, that and I was like, oh. wow. Well, you just had two things in your brain that confused me. You prick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remembered as well. I've got two. One is a good story. One's a, a bad story. Oh, no, actually, they're both successes, which felt like failures in the moment. I was worried in the moment. First one was um, I was doing a lot of back to back shows. I was like, it's in London. And I stayed in London at a friend's. And, like, they were, excuse me, they were um, like cabaret shows, the 10 minute spots and different things. And I was doing a, a billy routine. And it's like a one, a, a one behind thing. So as I'm checking person A, I'm seeing person B's. Um, and because uh, and I just kind of look and go like, yes, that was correct, and throw it. As I threw it, my brain told me, you didn't read that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then another part of my brain sort of clocked in and went, it said Adam. And then a third bit of my brain woke up and went, no, Adam was yesterday. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I just sort of fished for a moment. I said, think about this person, think about the first letter. I wrote down A and said, is it an A? And she's like, no. She's like, no. Oh. <laughs> so I just like, there's nothing I, can, there's nothing I can do here. So I just wrote Adam. And I said, what was the name? And she said, like, Harrison. It's not even close. I went, does Adam ring a bell? And she went, oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, um, and it was her first kiss. And I, she said, Harrison was my first kiss, but I almost wrote down Adam, which is the name of my son, because that was my last kiss before I left this evening to come to the show. 
And I was like, oh, well, that explains it then, I guess. Just, just tears were rolling down my eyes. And another one was a close-up event where, um, you know, when you're doing close-up, especially as mentalism, people start to know that you're the guy that does this thing. And they sometimes come up to you and say, do the card one or do the drawing one or something like that. The woman came up to me and said, do the drawing one for my husband. He wasn't here earlier. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And always when that happens, I kind of want to change up the method a bit because, you know, I don't want them to keep seeing the same thing over and over again. And um, so I handed her a business card. She drew something and she was, I turned around and she was holding it like this. I went, oh, she's not going to give that to me. I sort of held my hand out like this. She gave me the pen. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and she was like, do you need it back? I was like, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> and I took the card, just going, well, I guess here comes the universal drawing, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Banachek. And I was like, oh, it's not really working. Maybe it's because we did it before and it's like, harder to predict the second time round. I drew the universal drawing and I showed it to her. And as you know, it's like a, it's a roundish shape and a sort of pointy, almost triangle shape. And I turned it around and said, does this mean anything to you? And she, was, and she went to her husband and, said, and she said, see, I told you. And I was like, oh, what does this mean? <laughs> and I went, oh, what do you mean? And she said, well, I drew a circle, but I was thinking of a triangle. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> go around, high five everyone in the room. <laughs> there is nothing worse than that moment. Yeah, you yeah. turn around and they're like, I I had someone I had someone at a party before and they were like oh Steve can read your mind kind of a thing and uh, and the the host of the, of the party kind of thing was like well, you got to do this thing for Andrew so I was like okay so I go up to Andrew's table and I sit down and I talk to Andrew I automatically realize that Andrew's an asshole on, on every level <laughs> and, <laughs> and is going to be beyond awkward so I was like just think of a celebrity and write it down take one of my cards so I'm taking it back off him, put it into my wallet. And when I look at it, I'm like, I, I get my peak, but my face could only have been, what the fuck is that? Like, I mean, because <laughs> it was, <laughs> my, my head was like, there is no celebrity in the world with that name. But what he had done was he had written Matt Damon, but he had spelt it T-T-A-M for Matt and spelt everything backwards. Right. Um, just to be a complete tool. Um, so I... <laughs> so, so, so I reached into the wallet to take out another card and goes, I'll get another crack at this. Maybe it's some, I don't know, African president or some shit. So I opened <laughs> <Yeah>. it, <laughs> tried, tried to get a card to get another peek. And then I realized it's Matt Damon backwards. So I, I delay and I delay. And I was like, I'm not going to pick up on this, but I'm going to pick on something else. So I started writing down like other films and bits and pieces that Matt Damon was in, everything but Matt Damon. And then I just said, have a look at that later. And, and uh, I don't think I got it, but have a look later. And I had written down like The Departed. And I had written down like all these movies that he was in. <laughs> but uh, I, he knew and I knew what he had done. But yeah, it was, it was awkward. Yeah. It's like you get someone who draws something rude or writes a swear word. <laughs> I just like, I can't do anything with this now in front of all these people. Yeah. Like at this family event that I the stranger at. And it's Mar just like, Mark Paul. Remember that? Right. Remember that? That story yeah. that, that he's good, the bad, yeah. the was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, horrendous. He was on stage at a cruise show uh, and he had someone write down I'm their not even going to say. And they wrote down the N-word. <laughs> uh. And that's why he got a sneak. So he couldn't write it and he couldn't say it. He just had to close the show on it. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, thanks so much. I'm never going to guess that. Yeah, never. Gonna also, it's never like, gonna guess. I'm not going anywhere. So it's like... 
Oh, God. I said, what do you do? You, oh, yeah. you can't can get out of it. I, I, had a, uh, I was at a college uh, <laughs> thing for graduation for new doctors. And it was a group of uh, new female doctors hanging out together. I was, Steve was at the gig as well. And I woke up. I, I had a new drawing duplication. And they put it in my hand. And they couldn't stop laughing. And they weren't looking at me. So I had the drawing in my hand. And I just went and put it back down. And it was a, an ejaculating penis. <laughs> so I just went... You do a penis, didn't she? And they're like, "Oh my god, how did he know?" Uh, and I was like, "My peak was literally cool." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, there's like a, there's a wallet there, and you're just kind of like they're looking around, they're chatting. It's kind of go. Actually, why don't you keep hold of it for me? <laughs> it's like, yeah. like sometimes I miss close up, but there's not. There's so yeah, many eyes just close. staring at you. You can just be like, just move around. You can get away with so much. Yeah, it's like that old yeah, miss yeah. in the pocket thing. But every time you just, if you just miss the pocket, even the first time you can just look at it and then just hand it, put it back on the table. Yeah, like, I, I can't <laughs> find my pocket. Forget about it. <laughs> it's funny though, seeing people who aren't very good at the pretending to miss their pocket. They're just like, <laughs> they're just huge actors. It's like <laughs> pantomiming. It's like they're no, doing a charade. Sure. It's like, what's the charade here? <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anytime I get situations as well where they're like oh I'm not giving it to you you don't need it I'm like I think I'm going to force the card and do a one ahead that's what I'm going to do it's like what ahead time <laughs> one ahead is coming I see it here we come you, you, you can have a whole I will be holding the bullet no you will be holding the bullet yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's, 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 there's some horror stories. You always there, want a clever it? answer to that. Sorry, I was There's always that. Um, you always want a clever answer to that. Thing, like, what am I thinking right now? Or can you guess my name? Because I did mm. hear about there was a, a guy playing the cello who was like a busker playing the cello. And then he had cards in his pocket that said, You are the blank number of people, person to say to me, that's a big violin, isn't it? Because people would say it to him all the time. Like he was traveling on the tube or whatever in London. They'd be like, that's a big violin. And he had cards, been saying, the 100th person to say that to me. He had his details on. He kind of wanted like a clever, I've always wanted like a, a pre printed card saying, like, blank, you know, just to hand out for those. So therefore, you've made, kind of done a trick and they're impressed, but you can just walk away clicker. from that, that yeah. asshole. It's just. Steve uses a clicker. I think it's a David Winnison idea. And you yes, take a go, can make my wife disappear. And you go, ha ah. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Can you turn this fiber into a 50? Can you, you know, do you know the lotto numbers? Whatever it is, you go, ah. So good. You can vanish it if you want to. Yeah, you, you, you want oh, like a... Good. It's a good bit. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You want that like your name gag or something, like your card just printed... Oh, why are you thinking? If I had what you're thinking written on a carrot inside my pocket, would that be amazing? Yes, what you're thinking. Yeah. It kind of feels like then you just have to keep doing all of them. Then you have to do the, yeah. gag. Then you have to do the barcode gag. You just keep going. So you're happy with yourself now. You brought this on yourself, but you just keep doing all those gags. <laughs> yeah. The, the low brilliant. gag works well for that. It's like, okay, you think of something, I'll write down. Did you see, do you know what I wrote down? No? Perfect. Thank you. Boom. See you. Bye. Yeah. I'm out of here. Thanks so much. There's also yeah. one I wrote yeah. about, which was, uh, I'm going to write down a, a four-letter word, uh, and it's uh, something you find on the bottom of bird cages. Grit. Thank you very much. And you just walk away. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, I was talking to my wife, but it was like a, a good presentation you could do with, uh, be like, I want you to think 
of any five-letter word. Okay. Is the word Ariel? No. Are any of the letters in that word, and are any of them in the right place? I just that didn't word. I get it in less than six guesses. I promise you. You just need to tell me: is it is it in the word, and is it in the right place? That's all I need to know. I'll figure this out. It does show that you can guess it. Like I haven't really got into the wordle thing, but I have heard the thing of like, oh, it's like a progressive anagram. It's like everyone now is guessing star signs. It's, not yeah, it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, people will start figuring it out. <laughs> like, we're screwed. We can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I just want to say we've gone uh, an hour and 12 minutes. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is an absolute oh, pleasure. And it's, uh, we've only scratched the surface. So, so much more to talk about. So, we have to leave it open for part two. You got to keep, keep the, uh, yeah. the suspense going. It's been absolutely brilliant. So for people who want to reach out to you and connect online and all that sort of stuff, where's the best place for them to pester you? <laughs> to pester me, probably on Instagram, because <clears throat> I, I don't really look at my Twitter and uh, Facebook's just, you know, just noise. So Instagram <laughs> is best. And my Instagram handle is Alex the Mind Reader. All one word. And that one's that one. You'll find me. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's great. And if you could... Uh, for anyone watching this, you could like us on Instagram as well, at the Sea Reality Ireland, I think it is. And then uh, subscribe to the channel, like the video, all the YouTube stuff that I have to say. And <laughs> follow the audio-only version as well. So that's uh, that, that would really help us out. So we really appreciate it, everyone, for listening. So uh, thanks again to, to Alex for coming on. We really appreciate it. And definitely recommend the products that we've talked about as well. So go go spend spend and uh, support creators. Just spend, nice spend, spend, spend. Yeah, yeah. Spend. <laughs> spending. Keep spending. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode. So make sure you guys stay tuned and we'll talk to everyone again next time. So thanks yeah, everyone. I won't, see you I won't be in the lobby of a hotel. <laughs> thanks again. Yeah, yeah. We'll Ruining again. our audio. <laughs> Ruining the audio. With, there was there was people with trolleys. There was a guy with like a fucking whole thing of linen. I was like, here, I'm clearly doing a podcast. <laughs> Joy as well. Cool. Professional as always. Talk to you later. <laughs> See you there. Bye.